0: Going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you'll get a have dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion number to call 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show blogtalkradio.com slash begin. Send messages to the show. On Twitter at GoForAcant. And while you're there on Twitter at GoForAcant, give me a follow. G O F O R I T G A N T. Great show lined up for you today. You're going to be joined by me and only me because I'm going to be talking sports. I'm going to be having fun doing it. And as we go through these next 90 minutes, we're going to be talking. Alex Rodriguez, Hall of Famer or not. Hall of Famer or not. We'll talk that. Armelo Anthony. And and you know, his his comments about a gold medal and winning a gold medal, what it would mean for his career. Is he telling the truth or is he lying? We'll get to that. There's a hall. NFL preseason. We'll get to that as well. We got a whole lot to get to and a whole lot of time to get there. So we're going to get there and we're going to have some fun doing it. Right, right, right. Like we do all the time at this time. So let's get right down to it. Um, it's official. Alex Rodriguez, supposed final game. I say supposed because he never really said definitively that he was done. But Alex Rodriguez's final game is tonight. 22-year career ends supposedly, allegedly, possibly tonight. And so we'll see how that works out for Alex Rodriguez. And we'll see. Well, here's the thing. You know, we got reports. There's no reports. A Rod said, you know what? I-, I-, I wanted to play third base tonight. I will see, C- see, C- Sabathia is on the mound. I, I want to go out playing third base. That's what A Rod said. That- that's what he would like to do. Go out today playing third base. And Joe Girardi basically said, no, not doing it. Not going to be able to do it. And so, A <laughs> Rod's not going to play third base. And here's the thing my initial thought was let him play. I mean, let him play third base. This could be his last game. He said it's going to be his last game ever. Let the guy go out, play third base. That's what he wants to do. And then he could just go home, come on back, be an advisor, you know, be a mentor. Maybe to some Yankee players. I don't know. But, I mean, my initial thought was give him that opportunity. And then I looked at the standings. and, And I saw that the Yankees are six and a half back in the AL East. I look at the standings again, and I see that the Yankees are three and a half back for the wild card. So I'm like, okay, you can't waste games at this point. Every game counts, every game matters. You can't waste baseball games. And if Joe Girardi believes putting Alex Rodriguez at third base is possibly wasting or or, or possibly costing his team a victory, that's a problem. It's a problem. So, I don't have a problem with Joe with what Joe Girardi is doing at this point. It's probably Best for the baseball team It's probably best for everybody involved, because at the end of the day, you manage to get to the playoffs. You manage ultimately to get to the World Series and to win a World Series. I'm not saying the Yankees are going to make it to the playoffs. I don't think they will. I really don't. They got to overcome three teams. There are three teams in front of them. Tigers, playing some good baseball, the Mariners, and the Astros. Astros got up to a slow start, but they turned this thing around. But my point is this. If you're, the Los, if you're the New York Yankees, about to say Los Angeles, but if you're the New York Yankees, you can't give baseball games away. So, if again, if Joe Girardi feels like Alex Rodriguez gives him the best opportunity to win a baseball game. He goes out there, bottom line. But if he doesn't, he does the DH. He's the DH for tonight. That's what he is. But right now, A-Rod is at 696 home runs. A-Rod did say, he did say, that he would like to take some time for himself. That's what he said. He said, quote, if I wake up on time tomorrow, I would watch tomorrow's game. But I may have a couple of cocktails tonight, so I may not wake up by game time tomorrow. But I'll definitely watch Sunday's game. So you look at the situation with Alex Rodriguez. And obviously at this point, here's the thing. This is a dude, this is a guy who did any and everything. To continue to play the sport of baseball, whether that meant suing the Yankee team doctors, suing the Yankees, suing the union, suing baseball, suing everybody, this dude did whatever he could to continue to play on, and it it worked. Well, you know, he still had a he still missed a year, still missed a year, and that's a long time. But obviously, he's not the same player. And last year, for what he he played well last year, seemed like he had a little bit of juice left in him. He played well last year, surprising, surprised a lot of people. I mean, you look at last year, thirty-three home runs, eighty-six RBI, for Aaron. So he 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 did. I guess he turned the clock back a little bit. I I, I guess whatever little juice that he had left still had somewhat of an effect and still helped him to be successful and have a level of success on the field. But this year has been a struggle. Been an absolute struggle for Alex Rodriguez. And I guess this year the juice is all sapped out and he's finally showing his age. 41 years old. One thing we all know about Father Time. Father Time wins all the time. All the time. Ask Alex Rodriguez. That's anybody for that matter. Ask any athlete. That's Michael Jordan. Came back that first that second time. And you know, Father, that wasn't the Michael Jordan we all knew and loved. That was a more, that was a grounded. Version of Michael Jordan that Michael Jordan couldn't get off the the floor very well. When I mean, Michael Jordan was getting shot blocked and dominated by players that shouldn't be dominating Michael Jordan, no way. But at the end of the day, end of the day, father time wins, wins all the time. So now you look back at Alex Rodriguez, you know, and and every time I talk about Alex Rodriguez. You know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to leave that there. I'm going to come back to that. I'm, I'm going to come back to his legacy. I'm going to come back to the legacy of Alex Rodriguez because, you know, you'll get my thoughts on it, how I feel about it, and whether or not this man is, in fact, a Hall of Famer. We'll see. If, you'll get my opinion whether or not he's a Hall of Famer. But I'm going to get back to that. I'll most definitely get back to that, but let's let's look at my uh, NFL free, uh, preseason. Last night, we, we the, the preseason it was supposed to start on Sunday, but the field was none too great, was none too good at the Hall of Fame game out there in Canton, Ohio. So it was supposed it was supposed to start on Sunday, but it started last night. And for all you Joneson, and there's a lot of people jonesing for football a lot of people you know uh just acting like pookie off of new jack city i mean a lot of pookies you know jonesing to get some basketball some back in their life i would love to have some basketball back in my life but there were a lot of people jonesing but to myself i mean i, I love love football so i was jonesing as well but you look at Last night, and, and, you know, obviously out there in Denver, you had the Broncos and the Bears. That was in Chicago. But in Denver, there's a quarterback situation. You know, Simeon, Trevor Simeon, Mark Sanchez, who is the guy for the job? Both of them play well. Sanchez, touchdown and a pick, 10 for 13, 99 yards. Simeon, 7 for 12, 88 yards, no touchdowns. But here's, here's, here's the thing. When you have a team like the Denver Broncos and, and the defense that the Denver Broncos have, and, and they have a big-time defense, and their big-time defense is the reason they won the Super Bowl last season. But when you have a defense like the Broncos, you need a quarterback who can just manage the game and not give you turnovers. Truth be told, Peyton Manning managed the playoffs last year. He wasn't great at all, but he managed the game. And that's what you need Mark Sanchez to do or Trevor Simeon. And if it happens to be Paxton Lynch at some point in time, Paxton Lynch. You need those guys to be able to protect the football, to to be able to to protect the football, don't have any turnovers, manage the game, couple drives here, couple drives there, and, and and do what they need to do. Do what they need to do. And so the thing about Mark Sanchez, the reality of his career, and, and the stats speak to it. But the reality Of Mark Sanchez's career, he gives and he taketh away. Eighty-six touchdowns to give, eighty-four interceptions is to taketh away. So he has eighty-six touchdowns, eighty-four interceptions. So whatever good he has comes with a level bad. That's just a reality. Even when he has success with the Jets. That first season where he got them to the AFC title game. the numbers, 20, 20 touchdowns, 20 inter, I mean, excuse me 12 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. Not good. And then when he got them back to the AFC title game, the following year, 2010, 17 touchdowns, 13 picks. again, giveth, it, taketh it away. that's who he is. That that's exactly who he is, and it is what it is when it comes to Mark Sanchez. I mean, the guy is not—he's not, he's not a, obviously not a big time quarterback, but he has proven that he could take and lead a team to the AFC title game, not to a Super Bowl, but he's—he's he, he's got them to the AFC title game. Andy Dalton didn't do that. Tony Romo hasn't done that. So, I mean, you can say some nice things about Mark Sanchez. You can say some nice things. But he wasn't good last year in Philadelphia. And now, I mean, this is another opportunity for him. This is an opportunity for him to prove some things. I mean, 29 years old. So there's still an opportunity for some decent paydays out there. So he, if he can have, obviously, a level of health first and then some decent performances and a decent performance, I mean, he has the team around him where he can – Take this team, if he protects the football, first and foremost, and if that defense plays close to what they played like last year, there is the possibility that, hey, who knows, that maybe Mark Sanchez can get this team. I mean, at least to the playoffs. I mean, you look at – the AFC West and I'm looking at the AFC West and you're not, you're not necessarily scared by what's going on in the AFC West. I mean, the chiefs, they finished strong last year and and, and had a solid season, got up to a slow start, but ultimately made it to the playoffs. They should be solid. The chargers. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I don't, I don't. That's not a team that scares me. The Raiders seemingly are a team on the up and up, but they are the Raiders after all. So we'll we'll see how that all comes about and, and what that looks like, and and whether or not the Raiders are going to step up. with the chief? Well, the Chiefs are are a team, an interesting team, because again they played very well after that slow start and. And Andy Reid is a very good coach. And Alex Smith has proven to be a very good game manager. So the Chiefs, I I think it's going to be their biggest competition in the NFC, AFC West, excuse me. But, again, the Broncos, with that defense, if that defense plays anywhere close to what they played last season, and and, and you look at it, you know what, I say, you know what, Mark Sanchez, all he needs to do is protect the football. But Peyton Manning didn't protect the football last year. I mean, you you saw Peyton Manning's numbers weren't good at all, weren't eye-popping at all, weren't protect the football at all. He wasn't none of those things. He wasn't protecting the football. He didn't protect the football at all. And you look at Peyton Manning, nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions. That's not what you want out of your game manager. You would like to see those interception numbers a little lower. But the point I'm trying to make is this. Mark Sanchez, if you really look at the numbers, and if that defense plays the way they played last year, Mark Sanchez doesn't really – have to do much to at least get this team to the playoffs and who knows and, be, and beyond. But he doesn't have to do much to get this team to the playoffs. He doesn't. So if he does what I think he might be capable of and that is giveth and taketh away. I mean, 14 touchdowns, 11 interceptions last year. So the reality is This is a guy, again, the numbers last year was par for the course when it comes to Mark Sanchez. If he can duplicate those numbers, the Broncos still might be okay if that defense played the way they did last year. And that's the key. The the, the key to the Broncos, I mean, obviously the quarterback position is important. And and, and you can kind of look through the rosters of all 32 NFL teams, and look at all the teams and look at their quarterback and and make a determination of how good that team is going to be. I mean, I do this all the time. I mean, you do this exercise all the time, but the reality is, what separates teams is your quarterback play and what you're getting out of your quarterback play. That's what separates teams. That's why the Patriots. Were twelve and four last year. Tom Brady. Angles were twelve and four because Andy Dalton Andy Dalton balled out before he got hurt. Texans quarterback play wasn't great, but they had a decent defense, and they played in the AFC South, which had Andrew Luck all banked up. And in the West, you had the Broncos who played. Superior, superior big time football. You just look at the final four. Look at the final four uh, in terms of the AFC and NFC playoff and, and title games. Look at the AFC and the NFC title games. I mean, if you look at those title games, who was there? You had Cam, Carson Palmer, out there in the NFC. And in the AFC, you had Tom Brady and you had the Broncos, but Peyton Manning was there. But we all know what Peyton Manning was uh, just a, a manager, a game manager. So the, the point I'm trying to make is this, and, and the point is simple. In the NFL, it, it does come down to quarterback play. But you have some exceptions to the rule. The Denver Broncos were an exception to the rule last year, at least. And the funny thing, we always say, well, the rules favor offense. Offense, offense, this is an offensive league. It's all about the offenses. The rules say it's all about the offenses. But guess what? You look at the Broncos – and they weren't all about offense last year, and they won a Super Bowl. You look at a couple years later, before that, um, the Seattle Seahawks, and they weren't all about the, I mean, offense. That was a young Russell Wilson. Not the Russell Wilson we know now. So my point is, defense still wins championships in the NFL. Quarterback play does, too. Quarterback play does too, and and that's what separates the good ones or the good teams from the bad ones, the quarterback play. But you you can still build your team around your defense and be successful, be okay, be all right, be productive, and win championships because we've seen it. We most definitely have seen it. So it can be done. But last night we also saw the debut of Carson Wentz, the number two quarterback taken, well, the number two player and the number two quarterback taken in, in last year's NFL draft. And so you look at Carson Wentz, I should say this year's NFL draft, but you look at Carson Wentz, I mean, 12 for 24, obviously you like to see that completion percentage a little higher but he moved around a little bit, had some decent throws. But, I mean, he, he's a work in progress. The Philadelphia Eagles, it could be a struggle. could be a big-time struggle in Philadelphia, especially after what happened with Lane Johnson, especially with the possibilities of Lane Johnson going out for 10 games. P.D. violation. And I look at the situation with Lance Johnson. Lane Johnson, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. I look at the situation with Lane Johnson. And, and first and foremost, you got to be the dumbest of the dumb, the stupidest of the stupidest, the crazy of the craziest, if that all makes sense. I mean, you, you, you signed a big-time deal in the offseason, $35 million in guarantees. I mean, <laughs> you already got popped once, PEDs, four games. And now, second time around, you got popped. You you said that you you thought it was it was okay, it was fine, but there was peptide in your system. And that's illegal. It's an illegal substance. And so now there's a possibility you're losing, you're going to lose 10 games. That's a long time, man. So you've been in this league now, what, three years? And two of your years might be affected by PED suspensions. I mean, come on. You've been in this league three years. Three years in this league, and two of those years, it's gonna be marred. It's gonna be messed up, interrupted, because of suspension for PED. Come on, Lane. Come on, Lane. Now. <laughs> You're, you're hurting your teeth. But more importantly for you, you're hurting yourself. And who knows? Maybe the Eagles, like, you know what? He ain't worth it. I mean, you signed a five-year extension, 52 million, 35 in guarantees. 35 million in guarantees. Now, it's under appeal, and most of the time, appeals don't win. They lose. They they lose pretty much all the time. Pretty much all the time. And so, the thing about this, the thing about this, you wonder what's it going to be what's what's going to happen? and if he does miss the ten games, what do the Philadelphia Eagles think about doing? What do the Philadelphia Eagles think about doing and it's also reported that if he is in fact suspended, and this is including this year he has twenty three point six million in base salary guarantees. That would void and no longer be guaranteed. That's what they're telling Adam Schefter of ESPN. So (laughs) I mean, forget the team. What about you? He he may have to have to pay back money (laughs) for a roster bonus. This this is, this is like crazy, and it's like, dude, what are you doing? You got a hotline that you can call to to ask whether or not so and so product is good for use. You have that at your disposal. There's no excuse for you not picking up that phone and figuring out whether or not a substance is legal for you to take. You can't be... And, and, and it happens. I mean, everybody makes mistakes and everybody lets things go sometimes. Everybody has a level of negligence, but I mean, this level of negligence can't be excused. You hurt yourself. You hurt your football team. And to some level, you hurt your family. Because the possibilities of now you getting that $35 million in guarantees has been affected. And who knows? Maybe the Philadelphia Eagles are like this. At this point, like, dude. We're, we're cool off of you. We're good. We, we don't want. You anymore. We don't need you anymore. You're not worth it. And maybe his level of success might be a byproduct of PED usage, a la Alex Rodriguez. But maybe all his success is a byproduct of PEDs. PDs might be the reason that L- Lane Johnson was able to get this contract to begin with. A- and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but here's the thing. You know, you know what always was always interesting sometimes is that, you know, people, you know, when, when they get them, they when they get involved maybe in some illegal activity, they don't know when to stop. So they keep going 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 and going and they don't have the the, the wherewithal the smarts you know the, the the self-control to stop dude stop you've earned a lot you've gotten nowadays in the NFL, it used to be about that first contract for some guy, especially if you're a high draft pick. How's it's about that second one? So you and were in the process of getting what you got that second contract. So the money is flowing. So you could have went out there and been hot garbage and the money still would have flowed. The money still would have been flowing. even if you were hot garbage the money still would have flowed. So so maybe he just went too far. Maybe he didn't know when to stop, just like a drug dealer in the streets. They keep going, going, going and going. It's like, dude, dude, what are you trying to do? And I'm like, man, like, You you, you don't know when to stop. You got to know when to stop. Because the the police know you're selling drugs. That's a little different story than what Lane Johnson's going on. But the police know you're selling drugs. They know. So get your money and get out. I'm not advocating you selling drugs because the reality is there's only two things that can come of it. you either going to jail or you're going to an early grave. That's the only two things I know that can happen when you sell drugs, early grave or incarceration. And you don't want none of those things. So the point I'm trying to make is this, and this is my point, Wayne Johnson, you gotta know when to stop. You gotta know when to stop. And I'm just throwing this out there as a possible reason. Maybe it's just pure negligence. Maybe it's somebody who just used PDs to get to this point and didn't know when to stop. But now he's got some money. He he's got some uh he's gonna lose some money if the suspension in fact is true and is held up and it's in the appeals process. But if everything goes the way History has shown these things to go. Lane Johnson is going to lose some money, going to lose some games, and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to lose a big-time right tackle. And there's not much depth, not much depth at all behind Lane Johnson. you got Jason uh, Peters, all-world left tackle, but a a left tackle who broke down somewhat over the years. And then you got Lane Johnson, who was going to, at some point, go to the left side. But him and Jason Peters were going to anchor that offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now you could be in a situation where Andrew Gardner, Matt Tobin, Dennis Kelly, Alan Barbary, those guys. A rookie that i can't say his name i'm not going to try but you could have all those guys in the mix to replace lane johnson and those guys are not very good so the eagles are in trouble could be in trouble lane johnson financially could be in trouble and again we, we, so we could talk about oh, football, all so about the teams, and, you know, loving your team and, and doing the best for your team and, you know, winning and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, you play football to get paid. You play football to be compensated. You play football to make a lot of money. Lane Johnson is, has an opportunity to make a lot of money. And that's why you play football. Championships are great. and But everybody says, oh, man. Uh, why are you always talk about the money? Why are you always talk about the money? Money, money, money. What the heck? Why do you go to work every day? You go to work every day. What? To to sit there and, and and for eight hours and and just do your job for free? Or do you go to work for money? Do you go to work for financial security? You probably do. And and today. Lane Johnson steps on that football field. Yeah, he loves to play football. We all do. (laughs) But Lane Johnson steps on that football field for financial compensation, for money. And so reality is when you look at Lane Johnson and when you look at um, what's going on here, it's an unfortunate situation. But reality at the end of the day Lane Johns is really hurting himself a whole heck of a lot. And so that's money that he's losing for himself and for his family. Let's go to Carmelo Anthony now. You got the Olympics going on in Rio Rio de Janeiro. And, you know, obviously Carmelo Anthony putting up big-time numbers, has put up big-time numbers in the Olympics. He had 31 points the other night, and he surpassed LeBron as the all-time leading scorer in U.S. basketball history, Olympic play. So he's he's dominated Olympic play, did big-time things on this stage. And the reality is when it comes to Carmelo Anthony, he might be the greatest Olympic player of all time. Could be was well, the fourth Olympics that it maybe it's fourth and it's probably his fourth and final. And so I, I look at Carmelo Anthony, and it came out and said, you know what he'll be satisfied walking away with three gold medals and not winning the championship. He said, quote, most athletes don't have the opportunity to say that they've won a gold medal. Better yet, three gold medals. That is true. I would be happy walking away from the game knowing that I've given the game everything I have, knowing I've played on a high level, at every level, high school, college, won a championship at Syracuse, and and possibly three gold medals. I can look back on it when my career is over. And if I don't have an NBA championship ring, and say I had a great career, I can look back on it when my career is over, and if I don't have an NBA championship ring, I say I had a great career. And do it. That's what he says. That's what he means, I guess. Uh, See, it's like this. It's like saying you're celibate, right? But you really don't have an opportunity to get any girls anyway. So it's very convenient for you to say, that you're celibate because you don't have a lot of opportunities to get females to get males to get anybody for that matter so you could say you know what i'm celibate <laughs> but you're saying you're celibate but at the end of the day at the end of the day you just can't get nobody it's like saying i want a dime for my wife i want a 10 i want a perfect 10 but you get a seven, okay? You, you want that 10, but you're saying, you know what? Those three gold medals are the seven. It's not the 10. It's not that perfect 10 that you want, but those three gold medals are the seven. <laughs> and so reality is this, is this. mellow. I don't necessarily believe him because, I, and again, he he could be right. He could be telling the truth. But the reality is, even with the addition of Derrick Rose, with drafting Chris Stapps, Porzingis, with having Joe Kim Noah, Courtney Lee, the reality of it is for Carmelo Anthony is this. Your chances of winning an NBA title – as long as King James is in Cleveland, they're gonna be very difficult. It's gonna be very difficult. And so I think the Knicks will be better. And I think the Eastern Conference is very wide open. I think other than Cleveland, everybody else, I mean, Toronto, can you say they're, I mean, they had a good year, but if Derrick Rose can turn – well, not turn – I guess turn back the clock. If Derrick Rose can be healthy, if Joe Kim Noah can be healthy, if Chris Taps, Porzingis can continue to be that player that many believe that he can be, and if mellow is mellow and can stay healthy, why can't the New York Knicks make a decent run in the playoffs? Why can't the Knicks make a decent run in the playoffs? I mean, why is it out in the realm of possibility that the Knicks could make a nice run in the playoffs, especially if things work out? It's not a bad basketball team in New York. It's really not. And if this roster – I mean, Derrick Rose, is a, this is a contract here. And the way they throw money out, throwing money around in the NBA – there's more incentive for you to want to ball out more incentive for that so if i'm Derek rose i'm motivated because there could be a lot at the end of that rainbow a lot of money and at the end of the day you look at Derek rose 27 years old so he's still in his prime if he can be healthy and obviously being six two, those those leg injuries are never good. Six three I say six two but six three, but those leg injuries are never good. Never good for a guard. Never good. You know, it could rob you of your speed, your athleticism. I mean Derek Rose was explosive. Explosive. So I, I say that to say this. Melo, I think, it it sounds good. But I think Melo's kind of talking himself into something. Trying to talk himself into saying, you know what? And and we do that. I think everybody does it. You know, I mean, I'm going to say that. I'm I'm grateful for this and grateful for that. But at the end of the day, you, you, you want more. At the end of the day, you would like more. You you, you would be happier. And if, if I mean, if you had that NBA title, and and, and quite frankly, it's not going to happen now on unless he can, at some point, at the end of his career, cherry pick and maybe go to Steph and hang out with Steph, or or maybe. You know, Steph Golden State, and KD and those boys. Maybe he can be with his boy, LeBron James, and you know, cherry pick a championship there. Maybe go San Antonio, be a part of Kawhi, LaMarcus Aldridge, and try to get a championship there. But I don't, I don't envision Carmelo Anthony having an opportunity to play in the NBA type of in the NBA Finals. I don't see him getting to the NBA finals ever, let alone winning a championship. So I think at the you know, at the end of the day, Carmelo is a guy that should be or learn at this point to accept the that you're probably the, the pinnacle of your career, the pinnacle of of or well, the highlight of your career, one of the highlights of your career could be the three gold medals. And after that, you know, enjoy that, obviously, but you're not going to get any more than that. You're not going to win an MVP. You're, you're not going to win an NBA title. NBA title, possibly, but that requires you to cherry pick. That that requires you to, to get with a, a, a team that's already there a team that's already had success, a team that's already loaded. And that's not a knock on you. I mean, Melo is one of the great, you know, big time offensive player, a big time offensive player. And then there's no getting around that. He's big time. He can put the ball in the basket. And, and so, but you know, it, it's just more, it's more than putting the ball in the basket. Success being a, a a big-time player is more than just putting the ball in the basket. It requires you to affect the game in other ways, like a LeBron James who can affect the game in all different types of ways, offensively, defensively, rebounding the basketball, passing the basketball, so he can affect the game in many different ways. You don't get that with Melo. The rebound is there. You know, the the, the scoring is obviously there. But – You're not saying Melo's an elite defender because he's not. You're not saying Melo's an elite defender. You're not saying Melo's an elite passer. i say he can't pass. He's not an elite passer. But one thing about Melo, one thing about Melo, he can put the ball in the basket. But the Knicks, they they, they can't, like I said, if if things – Turn out and, and work out for him. If things work out for, for Derek Rose, if things work out with Joe Kim Noah, and if you know if if you, Melo, can continue to ball out the way you've always balled out, you could make it to the conference finals. And maybe you can give Cleveland a series. Maybe you can stretch the Cavaliers to six. And who knows if injuries happen. I mean, LeBron James never gets injured, it seems. But I mean, if 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 LeBron can go down or or, or something, and I don't wish, I don't want LeBron to go down ever. But I mean, if if, if somebody can go down, something could happen. And and maybe for you, Melo, there could be an opportunity to get to the NBA final. Who knows? But a lot of things have to happen in order for the New York Knicks. First and foremost, to get to the conference finals and a whole heck of a lot of things have to happen in order for New York Knicks to get to the NBA finals. So Mello, I, I think this is the case of uh, Mello. obviously we all want the 10, but Mello has to settle for the seven. And so since he has to settle for the seven, He's got to big up the seven and, and talk about how good the seven is. Because obviously when it comes to, I think, any American basketball player, I think any American basketball player in the NBA, their goal is to win an NBA championship. And if they had an opportunity to win an NBA championship or a gold medal, 10 out of 10 would choose NBA championship. Maybe nine out of 10, maybe Melo maybe would be that. Need to be that guy that that stands out and says, you know what, I'll take the gold medal over the, uh, over an NBA title. <laughs> Maybe Melo be that dude, that lone guy, that outlier that will say, you know what, I'll take I'll take that gold medal over an NBA title. Doubt it, but the, the top the clock is ticking. And the reality is is Melo is probably not going to win an NBA title. And speaking of a gold medal with the Olympics are going on now, and right now the U.S. and Serbia are in a battle. U.S. up eight right now in the fourth quarter, but it is a battle. That's on the heels. That's coming off the heels of Australia, giving the United States all they could handle, up at halftime. You know, Bogan and Della Vadova and Patty Mills and those boys. Australia giving the U.S. all they can handle. And right now, Serbia is doing the same. 82 to 90 right now in the fourth quarter. The Olympics, I mean, I haven't really been paying attention to most of them. I don't really find – I do like the track and field. I'm looking forward to that. But I mean, the Olympics as a whole, I think in 2016 is it doesn't have the same type of luster that it had in the 80s and 90s. It just doesn't. I mean, people aren't. I mean, there's just the ratings are, are down, but people are still watching. I mean, you could look at social media, look at Facebook, and everybody's talking about uh, you know the, the swimming and the Michael Phelps and. You know, people are still talking about these things, gymnastics and gymnastics teams. I mean, people are still talking about these things. But people aren't really – I mean, obviously, it's just a market. And, And the people that don't like sports at this point are the ones who really are loving the Olympics. The people that don't like sports watch the Olympics. A lot of females tend to watch the Olympics. You know, for for the gymnastics, for for the swimming. I mean, Michael Michael Phelps, twenty-two gold. I mean, twenty-two medals. I mean, come on, that's that's just the pillar of dominance and consistency. Twenty-two gold medals, and so he's dominant. He's big time, um, and and you know he's. Has gotten it done. I mean, all those medals—that's dominance, man. All those medals. And you know what's impressive? The twenty-two gold medals. But you know what's impressive? But by, by, by from it all, I mean you got four years. Every four years. You gotta have that. You gotta be on point. You gotta be getting it done. You gotta be ready. You gotta be primed. You gotta be in position to get it done. You, you know, mentally, physically. Uh, I mean, it's not like a yearly thing. This is every four years. And, and I mean, obviously that maybe that makes it easier, but I don't think so because you still have to be on point to get it done. You have to be on point to to go through the process and to, to qualify, you know? And after qualifying, you got to now go out there and perform. And if you don't perform, you don't get it. You don't get the medal. There's no second chances, there's no do overs There's no do-overs, there's no seven game series, you know? But it's... It, it's impressive, obviously. He's gotten it done, big time, and he stepped up. Whatever challenges are out there, Lochte, whoever's out there, he's found a way to step up and, and and win it and big time and get it done. But anyway, I, again, I haven't been paying attention to most of the Olympics. I'm not a. i am not I used to be an Olympic guy. I do like the track and field, and I'm looking forward to that. And I do watch the basketball, but you know, I, and I look I look forward to that. But mostly it's track and field and the basketball. Everything else, the boxing, it's kind of hard to find it. I, on TV, I know it's out there, but it's kind of hard to find. But I don't I don't think as a whole, people really care about the Olympics as much as they used to. It doesn't excite people the way it used to. It doesn't turn people on the way it used to. It doesn't move the needle the way it used to. And will it ever get back to that point? I don't think it will. I really don't. It's just, it's lost its luster. Plus, people got more to do now. People got a lot more to do. I mean, you look at the ratings in sports, it's kind of down everywhere. There's a lot of options. You know, so many things to do. Technology is a gift and a curse. The ultimate gift and a curse. There's so much to do. So much to see. So much to hear. Just so much to do. So I don't think the Olympics will ever get back where it was. I don't see it. Could be wrong, but I don't think so. I doubt it. <laughs> but as we look at the NFL preseason, going back to the NFL, Jadavian Clowney. Um <laughs> he's missed his fourth consecutive practice with knee soreness. Did not travel with the team to San Francisco. But this guy has been dealing with Injury after injury after injury. And on played in out of 32 possible regular season games. He's pretty much played half of them at 17. You know, we, we saw all the the, the, the just the athleticism, the freakish athleticism with Jadavia and Clowney at South Carolina. We've seen it all. The amazing tackle against Michigan in that ball game. I mean the dude was a was a freak of nature. Is a freak of nature. But that freak of nature can't stay healthy. And as as talented, as good as he is, he can't stay healthy. And you wonder if he's just one of those guys. Is is he just one of those guys? Who can can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field. Will he be that guy? I, I hope not. I mean, you look at the Texans, the goal was always to have Clowney on one side and, and Watt on the other. Well, JJ Watt had another back surgery, so we don't we're not sure we're gonna see him. And Jadeveon Clowney can't stay healthy, so whatever that vision was may not come to fruition for the Houston Texans. May not come to for, for, May not come to fruition. May not. And so, I mean, they had great plans, great ideas, great thoughts, great beliefs that this could be a very successful situation, Clowney on the other, one side and Watt on the other. But Clowney can't get right. And right now, J.J. Watt is a little banged up. Under a minute to go there, in, out there in Rio, Serbia's down three to the USA in that fourth quarter. So it's a battle. And that might go down to the end, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be absolutely something if if the U.S. team loses? And I know they still—that's not going to affect whether or not they get their gold medal. And I think that still will happen. But wouldn't it be something if they lost? They got like a fifty-some odd game win streak. Wouldn't that be something if they lost? Wouldn't that be something? That would be something, man. Oh, oh! It's it's thirteen seconds to go. Serbia has the ball now. Actually, five seconds ago. So could the USA lose? Could they lose? Wow! <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be bananas. But the world is caught up, and you know. The world is most definitely caught up. But if you're the U.S. team, and I guess we got spoiled with those 40 50 50-plus win games, victories. We got spoiled with that, you know. We ain't getting that no more. Australia's played you tough. Serbia's playing you tough. So, wow. So, five seconds to go out there in Rio second hour we'll go for it starts right now. Almeida, AKA Corey live host of picture on the hub and warm up host for American idol and dancing with the stars. And right now you are listening to go for it on blog talk radio with my man, Paulie G and Jay. We're back. Final half hour. Go for it. Talking sports, having fun doing it. Paul game here. Final 29 minutes of the show. Final half hour of the show. It is a final out there in Rio. Bogdanovich for Serbia missed a three pointer at the buzzer. And that is the game. The U.S. wins, they escape, and they move on. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. But anyway, the U.S. go on, they move on. And at the end of the day, it's all about wins. And, and these are the things that you need, I think, <clears throat> if you're a team. Sometimes you need to be challenged you need to be challenged sometimes to to figure out what you need to do in clutch situations. You need that challenge. The challenge that you need that challenge to be able to learn how to win a close ball game. You need that challenge to help you in in those situations. So you know how to execute down the stretch. You need those challenges. And the U S got a challenge the other night against Australia and they get another challenge tonight against Serbia. You need those. You need those things, and it's it's good. It's healthy. So if you're the U.S., at the end of the day, you win, and also at the end of the day, you get a level of late-game experience with your teammates. So, and again, you can't expect to beat everybody by 50. You can't expect to do that. So come on. You can't expect expect to beat everybody by 50. Let's take an NBA now. We're here in the NBA. We're talking about the NBA. We're talking about Olympic basketball. But let's get we're talking about the NBA released the schedule yesterday. And it's a little different than the NBA because you got 82 games. But obviously, you look at the key matchups. You want you want to know. When is is Westbrook and KD, when do they face off against each other? When does KD go to OKC? You want to know when Golden State and Cleveland plays. You want to know what's going on on Christmas Day. You want to know that whole situation. Who's playing on Christmas Day? You want to know who's opening the NBA season. You want to know all those things. One thing is true, Philadelphia, the 76ers are back on national TV, which is a good thing. I mean, the Philadelphia 76ers have pretty much been in the dark. But Ben Simmons is there. So obviously there's optimism. Obviously, there's a level of interest. in the Philadelphia 76ers. But if you look at Christmas, Christmas Day, the Knicks and the Celtics play on Christmas Day. The Knicks are always the Knicks are going to be intriguing because of Rose, because of Melo, because of Joe Kim Noah. And obviously Phil's there. But the Knicks and the Celtics are going to be there. The Celtics added Al Horford in the offseason. So they're a team that obviously is expects to be one of the contenders in the Eastern Conference. Look at the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves. And, and they're back. Well, they're playing on Christmas with Andrew Wiggins and Cap, and, and Carl Anthony Towns and those boys. And they play OKC. Westbrook, he's decided to stick instead. So, and, and that could be a game, could be interesting to see where those two teams are at that point in the season. If OKC can continue to have a level of success with KD, and if also the Minnesota Timberwolves, if they can ascend to a playoff caliper team, should be interesting. Lakers, they stay on Christmas Day against the Clippers. The Lakers stay on Christmas Day, and there's a, I guess there's a level of optimism in LA, you know, D'Angelo Russell had a pretty good summer league, Joyus Randall, Brandon Ingram. There's a level of, of you know, optimism in LA. That sucks. I mean, for them, that stinks. That, that sucks. That Westbrook has decided to, to sign with uh, OKC, continue to stay there. Looks like he's going to make a home there and stay there for a good amount of time. Maybe he's the one that's going to get that statue. But anyway, um, you got Ben Simmons for the Philadelphia 76ers, the second night of the season. It's all about the rookies, Simmons and the 76ers host OKC. And then you got the Lakers who host Houston with Brandon Ingram. So, but again, we have to wait, it kind of stinks, but we have to wait all the way to February 11th for KD to go back to OKC. And hopefully he's healthy at the time. But we got to wait all the way to February 11th to see that in OKC. That stinks. But it is an ABC Saturday primetime game. So that's cool. And now D Wade, he goes back to Miami November 10th. So you don't have to wait long to see that one. And then Derek Rose, he returned to Chicago November 4th. So you don't have to wait long for that. Can't wait long to see that back the backs are down for teams, which is always good for the product and, and and hopefully we'll limit teams from resting. I mean, I don't have an ultimate problem with that, but I I guess my, my issue on, on some level with that is because as you got guys who, who, well, fans who, Want to see a Tim Duncan now? Who's retired, and and so for those who didn't get to see Tim Duncan because Pop was resting him, well, you won't see him again. So you can understand maybe the level of frustration that some fans may experience because you you know you, you there's teams who sell you packages, and they sell you packages sometimes based on marquee marquee teams. So they'll, they'll sell you a package with OKC, with Golden State, with with Cleveland, with um, San Antonio, that may have said those with the Knicks. So they, they, now with the Knicks with, with their level of success. Well, not success, but their with, with the level of intrigue with the New York Knicks. But they sell you packages with good teams. And so you buy those packages thinking LeBron James is gonna play. Thinking is gonna play. You know, thinking John Wall is gonna play. Thinking, you know, Lamarck is. LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard are going to play. I thinking Chris Paul and Blake Griffin are going to play. James is going to play. So you buy those packages, those ticket packages, with the thought that maybe those guys were going to play, and with the thought by those, you know, with those guys playing, that you would 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 see those guys. Because if you're an Eastern Conference team, you're pretty much going to have one shot to see. Blake Griffin, you're pretty much going to have one shot to see Steph and KD. You're going to have one shot to see LaMarcus Lamarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard. One shot to see Dame Dollar. One shot to see James Harden. One shot to see Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki is near the end of his career. So you got one shot to see these guys. And so you can understand from a coach's perspective, because at the end of the day, you you have a job to do, and, uh, and part of your job is to win championships, make the playoffs and win championships. That's a part of your job. But also, a part of your job in order for those things to happen is to effectively manage the minutes of your team, of your players. You want to effectively manage the minutes of your team. Effectively manage the minutes of, of – Tim Duncan. Now he's gone, but you know, manage the minutes of Tony Parker. Manage the minutes of of Manu Ginobili. You want to manage the minutes of these guys, with the hope that they're fresh, they're healthy, they're one hundred percent, and are ready to go to win an NBA championship during the NBA playoffs. Eighty-two games a long season. A long season, but the NBA has. You know, decided to, to 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 pull back a little bit on back to back games for teams and and again, maybe it's gonna to lead to a better product. maybe it's gonna to lead to to a level of health for a lot of players, a a level of good health for a lot of players. and it just would be beneficial for everybody involved. And that's the hope. that's the idea. that's the belief. It just makes for better basketball because a, a team obviously on that back-to-back situation, they're not the same. They're not the same team. And, and history has showing that out. You know, you, you go, it's, you always want to get that team on that back-to-back because there's always the possibility if you get them on that back-to-back that something good can happen, that you might get a victory, that you're not going to get their best effort. That's what you wish for. You really do. But, that's the schedule, and again, I mean, you got a lot of people talking and saying that the intrigue is not the same because of what KD did, and there might be a level of truth to that. Because here's the thing: I was was, was my frustration, I guess, with KD going going to Golden State again. His right, his 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 if that's what he wants to do. So be it. Make as much money as you want. Play whatever. Play with whoever you want. Play where you want. If you have the option, you have the choice, do it. But here's the thing. I wanted him to stay in OKC because that was a budding rivalry there with OKC and Golden State. And it was an exciting brand to play. It was an up-and-down brand to play. It it was an enjoyable brand of basketball. And and you wanted to see it. Those games were the Sign me up. And that seven-game series was remarkable as well. So my point is, like, KD, you could have just stayed, man, because you stay in OKC, the intrigue is a little more in the Western Conference. Because last year, to me, there were three teams that could win a title in the West. OKC, San Antonio, Golden State. Now... And again, we haven't played one game of basketball. But if you're looking at paper, the the two teams—it's probably three teams: Clippers, um, San Antonio, and of course the Golden State Warriors. We have an opportunity out of Western Conference. But I I guess at the end of the day, you're kind of sensing that the West is going to be Golden State, the East is going to be Cleveland. And and I and I think we, we we kind of. We could have said that as well this year, you know. Maybe with not as much certainty, at least out East, you could say with certainty that it was going to be Cleveland out West. It, it was different, and again, and maybe San Antonio can still do some big time things. You know, maybe. I mean, but at the end of the day, it's at the level of intrigue is not the same it's just not the same but um anyway the, the nba schedule is out it's exciting of course especially if you love nba basketball i mean I, I, it does kind of stink that we have to wait till february to see kd go to to, to golden to okc excuse me but it is what it is but the NBA season's back. And I and I think if you're in the NBA, you, you do have a level of excitement because you do have um you do have Chicago with a level of intrigue with Wade, Rondo, Jimmy Butler. And then out there in New York, you have a level of intrigue, Rose, Melo, Noah. And then you still have you have the super team. Out there in Golden State, which just brings intrigue. So that's always – and people, like I said, we we could talk about super teams are not good for basketball. Parody is good for basketball. The NBA at its best, there really wasn't much parity. The NBA at its best had L.A. on one side and Boston on the other. Now, granted, there was – you know, you had Philadelphia there who could – or maybe Milwaukee as well, but at the end of the day, it was always about Lakers and Celtics, and so you don't have that level of intrigue. I mean, you—you you, you, excuse me—you do have the level of intrigue because you had that super team. And at the end of the day, if somebody said the Cavaliers and Golden State would be in the NBA Finals, would you be opposed to watching that? Would you not watch it? I think a lot of people will watch it just like they watched this year, I think they will watch next year because you have LeBron, Steph, KD. So you got possibly three out of the top five players in the NBA on the basketball court at one time. So it is what it is. Again, we all want – a lot of us wanted KD to stay in OKC. I'm not his mama. I'm like, KD, I can't tell him what to do. But he did what was best for KD, and we just had to accept it and move forward with it and deal with it because that's just the reality of the situation. Let's go go back to Alex Rodriguez. As we all know, this is his last baseball game tonight, supposedly, probably. Well, uh, we can say one thing for certain this is going to be his last game with the New York Yankees. That we can say with 100% certain. But you look at Alex Rodriguez, and I guess the question now becomes the Hall of Fame. Um, and, and, and And that is an interesting discussion. Because, obviously, the numbers tell you 696 home runs, that's Hall of Fame numbers. I mean, that that for most players, you say 696 home runs, conversation over, we'll see you in Cooperstown. That, that's pretty much what it is for most players. You know, get ready. You know, get ready. Get your speech ready. Get everything ready, because you're going to Cooperstown. And that's usually what it is when you have a guy with 696 home runs. That's what it is. Get yourself ready. You're off to Cooperstown, young man. Not going to be young at that point, but you're off to Cooperstown, and you're going to be immortalized forever. So you see 696 home runs, 2,085. RBI you see all those things and you're like dude see you in the Hall of Fame and the the funny thing is this and and I I, I talk about this all the time but Alex Rodriguez when when Bonds was was you know juicing up allegedly because he, he wanted to to have the level of of fame, have the level of adulation, like McGuire and Sosa were getting. He wanted that. But he was a surefire Hall of Famer before that. And before, I believe he had like 411 home runs before he allegedly started juicing. So, you know, give or take a few years, he probably would have had 500 plus home runs when it was all said and done. Maybe he could have squeezed. Maybe he could have got six. But he probably would he most definitely would have 500 plus. And so, but he he juiced up, got bigger, got stronger, and he just started bopping home runs left and right. Just like Sosa, just like McGuire, just bopping home runs. It's just ridiculous. 73 home runs. I mean, come on. You know, back in the day, yeah, 30 home runs before, you know, before that steroid push and, and before that steroid era, the 30 home runs, you know what I'm saying, you're doing good. 25 home runs, you're doing something good. Them guys like Brady Anderson are hitting 50 home runs. And you're like, whoa, <clears throat> what's up here? But I mean, you look at Bonds and those home run numbers. You know, the seventy-three. I mean, that was just that came out of nowhere. But Barry Bonds had forty-six home runs back in nineteen ninety-three before he started choosing. You know, you know, was you know, still had thirty. He was a Hall of Fame caliber player. Alex Rodriguez. Based off the, the three years he said he juiced, what, 2001 to 2003, he said he, he juiced when he was with the Rangers and they had the Biogenesis, biogenesis thing. And that was what, from 09 to 12? So that's six years out of possible 22 years that we know that he possibly juiced. And who knows if he ever played a clean inning? I don't know if Alex Rodriguez ever. Played a clean inning in his life. I don't even know if he knows what a clean inning is. Dude may have never had a clean inning in his life. Ever. And then you look at when he said he started juicing when he was with the Rangers. So his his highest number was 42 home runs and 99 with the Mariners. Well, he goes in 2001 with the Texans. He jumps that number up 10 to 52. And then he jumps that number up to 57. So plus five. And so you look at Alex Rodriguez, and the reality of his career is you don't know whether or not he juiced You don't know whether or not he's ever had a clean inning. You know he's juiced, but you don't know if he ever had a clean inning. You don't know. And so, and I think, and obviously when it comes to the Hall of Fame, these baseball writers, these Hall of Fame voters, they all have different criterias. They all have different beliefs. Different ideas, different opinions on what makes a Hall of Famer. What makes a Hall of Famer? And so, dude's made over what? $400 million plus million. So the money's great. made a lot of it. The numbers are great. Had a lot of home runs, a lot of RBI, and a lot of success. But it's all tainted. It's it's whatever you felt about Alex Rodriguez, it's totally different. Whatever you felt about Alex Rodriguez, maybe, what, 12, 13 years ago, It's totally different than the way you feel about him now. And at the end of the day, he's made a lot of money. Done a lot of things. Had a lot of success. Won championships. But his legacy is tarnished. It is like his name in terms of a hall of fame kind of mud at this point but here's the thing if we we, we, we gotta figure out this and the writers have to come up with this i mean we, we gotta come up with a level of standard if we're saying the juicer if you juiced you're not getting in then we need to say that if we're gonna say well See, then it become subjective? It's subjective when it comes to this. When you say, "Okay, let me figure it out this way," let me figure it out this way. If we believe that you could have been a Hall of Fame player or were a Hall of Fame player without the juice, see, you got to come up with some kind of criteria. You got to come up with something that says, "You know what? If you, if you, juiced." but we knew you were going to be a Hall of Famer regardless, then you get it. But if you juiced and we felt like that juice took you to places that you probably would not have went without the juice, then you can't get it. I, I don't know. Here's the thing. I think um, I think Barry Bonds a Hall of Famer. I think Roger Clemens is a Hall of Famer. McGuire's not a Hall of Famer. Sosa's not a Hall of Famer. Rafi Palmero, not a Hall of Famer. Alex Rodriguez, as great as his numbers are. And here's the thing. His numbers are exceptional. Like, his numbers are exceptional. Like, it's not, I mean, his numbers stand out, obviously. And the funny thing, he was supposed to be the clean one. He was supposed to be the anti bonds He was supposed to be the one that we were going to rally around, and the Yankees were going to rally around and have all this great stuff when he finally broke, or if he would have broke, Hank Aaron's record for most home runs. You know, we were going to celebrate him. We were going to celebrate him. But it was too good to be true. He was too good to be true. But is he a Hall of Famer? I got to say no, because we don't know whether or not his greatness. Obviously, you know, I don't know if steroids helps you in terms of seeing a base, baseball and and hitting a baseball, seeing it and hitting it. But it might help with that. It's going to help with that strength part. So you have enough strength to to hit all those home runs and enough strength. You know, it, it gives you that. It helps you with your recovery. So you'll have so you'll be able to recover, you know be get right, be right, and move forward. you know it helps you with that helps you with that recovery that's important. but in terms of seeing a baseball I mean I, I can't say it. it doesn't help you with that, but it helps you with that recovery and that's huge. that recovery is huge. you know you lift weights, you, you go through a session and 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 you know you, you you're drained. But if you got that juice in you, you keep going and going and going. you like the Energizer Bunny. But at the end of the day, Alex Rodriguez, I don't know if you ever played a clean down, uh, not a clean down, a clean inning. I don't know if you ever played a clean inning because I don't know that, and, and because you may have juiced. And we we know for a fact you probably juiced maybe six up. You play baseball. Because of that, I can't put you in the Hall of Fame. You're in the Hall of Shame. You're on the outside looking in. But at the end of the day, if somebody was going to make a case to put him in, I I think you could make the same case to put him in. Because at the end of the day, everybody was cheating. The pitchers who were throwing the ball to him were cheating too. So he was the best. You know? He was the best of all the cheaters. So there's many different ways to look at it. And today, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Maybe years from now, when we all forgot about the, the, the steroid era and the PDs and all that stuff, maybe he'll be a Hall of Famer day. Who knows? But time has a way of, of changing feelings, ideas, opinions, and beliefs. Think marijuana. Look how we looked at Ricky Williams and marijuana a few years ago. Look how we think about marijuana right now. It's totally different. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash began. Where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go 4 Gant. Like us on Facebook at go 4 Hit us up on YouTube at youtube.com slash go again. That's G-O-F-O-R-I-T. G-A-N-T. For everybody here at go for it Next weekend. See you later. Take care.